Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, dear. <laughs> Going well already, is it? Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> this podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. If you're interested in becoming a manager, why not speak to my Neil? He can tell you all you need to know about becoming a manager, as he is a manager. He can advise you on management overalls, management willies. And the right management hand scrub to use to get the pig shit out from under your fingernails. <laughs> because he's a manager. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty 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 Dum. Dumpty Dumpty Dum Dum. Dumpty 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 Dum. Dumpty Diddly Dum. Dumpty Diddly Dumpty Diddly Dumpty Diddly Dum. Dumpty 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 Dum. Dumpty Diddly Dum. Ba. Sorry, that was really bad. But there you go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it's the week of the Susan Slapdown. This is Dumpy Dump, the show about the reality docudrama drama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the productive working relationship that isn't Royfield Brown. And with me, I have to deliberately drop the yoghurt that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the Grundy Carter feud, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpy Dump is from our Dusty Substances. And um, I think we'll probably retire it. Now, this is, this is last week, our Dusty. So, Lucy, somebody else would like to send us in a dumpy dum and to take up from where Dusty left off. How can that be done? If you would like to sing us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek below in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is a little bit jealous of Shula going for ordination because he's always fancied it but could never get to grips with his canticles. Yay. Uh, I don't get that joke, but I'm not uh, <laughs> classically educated. But well done. It was probably really quite funny. On this week's episode, we views from Catherine, Rowan, Jones. She's back. She's back. Uh, Jojo, someone in Canberra, Welsh Witch, Lydia, Library Lass, Vicky, Amy and... B12 Simon. But first, before all of that good stuff, folks, it's our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. Bit of 
of a patchwork of a week in Ambridge, really. Little bits of everything, like the kind of meals you eat when you've accidentally defrosted the freezer. Brian is still absolutely <laughs> loving having more stuff to do. He's marching about, moaning that everyone else is rubbish, doing wheelies in the tractor. No wheelies. He's back. He had a little whinge that Jenny was on the computer for hours, but it's not surprising. She's updating her profile on boardgilfs.com. Over at Brookfield, <laughs> Josh, always a soul of generosity, is allowing Adam to borrow his tractor, but the condition is that he has to drive it, rather like a small boy who says, you may borrow my football, but only I am allowed to kick it. And their proposal for Ambridge's Got Talent, uh, called Robots and That, has been shortlisted. Uh, Josh's fell at the first hurdle, largely because you don't need to be an entrepreneurial genius to realise that sell a load of rusty old shite was not going to be getting the thumbs up from Greta Thunberg. At Ambridge View, <laughs> Emma was holed up in her room drinking olive oil with Tracy on her shed ed evening. Do things you've never done before, urged Tracy, like stop moaning. Alice and Krish set <laughs> Kate and Yakult up on a date night at Hedges. I presume Ditches was shut. Alice Aye. sold it to Kate by saying, he saw you at Spiritual Home and wanted to meet up. Really? I think most people see Kate at Spiritual Home and think, there's a woman who needs a wash. Shula is still keen on vickering. This isn't a hobby, Kent. It's my whole life, she insisted. I've never wanted to do anything else since last Wednesday. She went to see a man about it. I don't know who he was. I think he was God. God was a bit cross that A, Shula was a bit late, and B, reeked of buckfast, which isn't normally how people pitch up when they want to have a go at the vickering. He said, why do you want to do it? And she said, well, I don't know, really. And he said, well, I never wanted to be God either. But, you know, it was either that or the Big Bang. And I had seven days free, so I thought, oh, well, I'll have a bash. People still don't care about the Ambridge art, whatever it is. The only upshot so far has been that people dislike Freddie marginally more than they did before, and they keep bringing him empty plastic bottles, so he's becoming a one-man pollution crisis, which was hardly the point. Mm. In a bizarre series of events that have yet to be explained and in fact may never be, Oliver seems to have a mystifying fondness for Tracy Horobin, to the extent that she has now got the job as assistant receptionist at Gay Grable's. I thought Freddie was going to be a shoo-in for the job, but maybe they were concerned he might introduce some of the practices from his last occupation. He'd be fine checking the guests in, but he would insist they checked all their personal belongings into a small box while he gave them a full-body cavity search. Ooh. Jolene is back from her tour. Another one? I thought she'd already come back. Maybe this one was a comeback from the comeback. Kenton said proudly that she'd bought a bit of money in. How? She'll be getting 20 quid a night if she's lucky, and surely what it's costing her an elastoplast from the injuries dodging the thrown bottles would have cleaned her out. Mm. Parpy has chickenpox, which William, Ooh. with characteristic calm rationality, thought was sepsis. He's told Martin Gibson that he's not going back to work until Parpy is better. He does know that could be weeks, right? Two weeks of watching Peppa Pig mopping up Ribena off the sofa, saying, don't scratch, mopping up calamine lotion off the sofa, playing hungry hippos until the plastic lever snaps and everyone cries, mopping up Calpol off the sofa. Martin Gibson is not going to let him just take two weeks off on Peppa Pig leave, so he'll be fired and then Emma will get to choose between two bankrupt Grundy brothers. Lucky girl. Hey. Clary and Susan <laughs> are still at Daggers Drawn in the dairy. Susan oh. ended up with three pints of raspberry full fat down her poly cotton slacks. And then they both got stuck in the doorway <laughs> trying to be the first one to report each other to Helen, who was in the office staring out of the window, thinking about this really weird dream she'd had that she'd been involved with a karate instructor who'd spontaneously combusted. Susan is fizzing away quietly. 
You can hear mm. the sparks crackling out of her ears if you listen hard enough. She's like a firework that you're not sure has finished or is going to go off again. So everyone skirts around it until someone brave goes and kicks it, whereupon it flares up and burns the shed down. Yep, you can take the girl out of the horror bins, but you're never going to take the horror bin out of the girl. And sooner or later, there's going to be a scene where Susan's got Clary by the hair against the crisp carousel in the shop <laughs> with Neil <laughs> shouting, leave it, Susan, she ain't worth it. And Eddie holds the coats. You mark my words. The end. Oh, that was so brusque this week. You, you delivered that at such a clipper, Lucy. Did I? Yeah, but, do you know, it, this week was really different. Last week, mm. I thought, oh, my God, there's nothing to write about because it was all Jimmus stuff and um, it was all and it was all Ed and Emma, which was all quite, mm. quite gloomy. And I mm. thought there's going to be nothing to write. And I wrote loads. And this week, it was all nice and jolly. Well, ish, nice-ish and jolly-ish. Mm. And, um, and it was really hard. So there we go. Who knows? I- I thought you'd have made more of the Susan Carter slap down. Well, because I thought everyone would talk about that. Okay. All right. Do you mean the Neil's um, one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I thought Jazza and showing pure emotion. Um, yeah, I, thought that I would loved have got that. La- yeah. But you can't make jokes about that. No, 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 no. But you could have touched on it poignantly. But anyway, don't listen. I'm not telling you how to do your monologues, Lucy. <laughs> You've been doing it for five years and you're doing awesome jobs. So don't listen to me. It sounds like I'm telling you how to do your job. You know, there's people all across the planet going, what the fuck's he on about? Know your place. Know your place. You link from one Lucy gag to another. That's your job, Royfield. So um, I must admit, Lucy, I'm quite liking the God talk. Um, Are with, you? Yeah, yeah. I think it adds um, a layer of depth to, obviously, to, to Shula, but also to, to the whole proceedings. I actually like it. It's a change of pace. It's, um, yeah, I like it. I don't want it. I don't want there to be too much of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying let's have more, more, more um, ordination chat thrown at the archers. But I must admit, I like it. I didn't know anything about how it all happened, so I'm finding mm. it quite interesting from a oh, this is a new thing to know about sort of way. Yeah. Um, and it's not too gaudy. She hasn't had a Damascene conversion or anything, exactly. has she? It's just kind of. It feels uh, you know, she said it's part organic. of my life, and it's yeah. and it's my it's where I feel at home. And, and, and know, actually, yeah, and actually, Shula is a good listener. She is. She she was. Which I thought she handled. I thought she handled um, uh, Jazza really, really well. She did. She, she was did. very calm, very assertive, very yeah. comforting, and you know, and 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 she didn't she didn't um, uh, beat about the bush when he said. He, she, he said, "You're not going to give me those addresses, are you?" And she said, "No, I'm not." Just really mm. calmly and, and 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 nicely. And he knew that. And then she said, "But I don't. Do you still want me to?" And he said, "No." Yeah. And I, yeah, I thought that was lovely, really, really good. But I don't but, know where all of a sudden where this empathy is suddenly coming from because she's never shown any before. Well, no, when you remember I how think... she treated. Um, Elizabeth mm. after the abortion and, um, you know, but then nobody's perfect, are they? You don't go into the church because you're already, you know, uh, you're already there. You go mm. because, you know, you're on your journey and you want 
I don't know what am I talking about. I I think no. Well, what I've always been told about Christianity, about or about any kind of religion, is you have to have a certain element of doubt, doubt about yourself, and that is what actually makes you humble. Yes. um, As opposed to you come in, you know, perfectly formed. Yeah. So that's the difference between Shula being able to connect uh, with people and to listen. And Kate Aldridge, who says she's mm. spiritual and has the yeah. world's worries, you know, on her mind all the time, but she has all the answers. Yeah, you know, fundamentally, that is the difference be- between the two. And and I, I'm finding it fascinating to listen to, and I, you know, I love all the. I, I I'm loving it. Don't want too much more, but I love it when she's talking to the bish. And it's a change of pace. And it feels like she is in a psychiatrist chair. I love yeah. that. It's very good. Um, so, Kate and Yakult. You enjoying well, <laughs> all of that? <laughs> I do think it's absolutely nuts. Um, mm. I, can't, I can't see what the hell the attraction is there for either of them. Well, I'm presuming, if nothing else, it's just physical and we can't see that because it's on the radio but i never but, imagined kate as terrifically attractive oh i don't know or yakult because if somebody's mm. that pedantic you know is that kind of um cold you, you wouldn't fa- well i wouldn't fancy him i mean you can't fancy if somebody's like it doesn't to me anyway it doesn't matter i don't know whether i'm sounding like an old hippie or something but if somebody's terrifically good looking unless they've got a sort of a warmth about them Mm. it doesn't matter how good looking they are it's like an oil painting you're you're not going to fancy them but it's if they've got a nice you know way with them that's what makes you fancy them well but 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 there's there's two ways into for someone to get into your heart isn't there there is just the initial wrapping that they come in and you go i don't think it's his heart she's trying to get into but well He's lower down by the sound of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's his wallet, which is in his back pocket. Yeah, below. I mean, the, the sparring and everything is quite. Well, that it's... that was good, and actually, yeah. it showed that Yakult is a little bit more on it uh, yes. than he realised. Yes. So he isn't yeah. the, totally cold and detached, and his detachment means that he can analyse Kate very quickly and says, "You're out for everything you can get, etc., yeah. etc." But he could keep up. And the thing with people who are, you know, on the spectrum, slightly on that spectrum, they don't do bants. But he was doing bants. Mm. So I don't know how much of this was utterly true to life with somebody who is on the spectrum. People who but are we, slightly on the... But who's decided he is, that he is? he is? Did we decide Come that? on, come okay. on. Because he's very literal about things. He's mm. very literal. He can't see shades of grey. That conversation with Kate was a shades of grey conversation. But then he would could... he have read into when she said extra extra things, extra mm. services, would he then have got the nuance of that if he was unable to see nuance? Well, I, I'm this is all this is all somewhat difficult and neither of us uh, neither of us are experts in this field, but I'm presuming that because in in his head, he knows that massage parlors that offer extras means sex. So he just says, "Right, he say, okay." It, you know, if this is the way that you know people will take it. So again, he's proving that he's 
somewhat, not quite self-aware, that's not quite the expression I'm searching for, but aware that um, the inference is this. I don't think that it's this, but isn't this really, really bad? Because that's yeah. really what other people are going to be saying, which is yeah. actually, when you think about it, quite a, you know, uh, quite a, a sophisticated spin on it. You know, but he, anyway, I like it. I, I kind of like them together. It doesn't make any sense for me. And you've got to think that lots of hilarity will ensue because he is Mr. Literal and she is just oblivious to her own uh, narcissism. And there'll be well, a comedy I loved couple. It when when, when uh, she said, I'm, I'm looking after my elderly grandmother, <laughs> as if she was, you know, bloody Mother Teresa. She was doing yeah, Peggy yeah. some enormous favour, you know, and actually uh, just literally nobody else would have her. <laughs> yeah. That, that, so, that yeah. was good. Yeah. And she, the thing is with Kate, she's completely convinced herself. It doesn't matter whether anyone else believes her. It, she, Absolutely. She, she thinks that's, that's true. So, yeah. Mm. I've just seen something, by the way. Didn't Witherspoon sent us a three-minutes call, he said? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you got that? Yes, I do. Oh, okay, fine. Sorry. Yeah. Um, That's just messed up the edit, hasn't it? Ha <laughs> sorry. Well, uh, it, 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 it's it's all fine, Witherspoon. Your, your, call, <laughs> your call made it in um, unedited, unabridged, so, so, so don't worry. Uh, right, I'll tell you what, because we've got a ton yeah. of calls. Let's have a little bit of this. Oh, that's loud. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Ambridge3962. And let's start in the lower upper east side is with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, a quick word about the final scene of the week between Neil and Susan. Mm -hmm. I thought it was one of the most authentically written conflicts between two characters I've heard on The Archers. So hats off to the scriptwriter. Now, on to Jim. Jazzer has screwed up, and perhaps he has secrets to reveal. Jim's story is resonating for many people. I'm going to take a minute to read a page from a memoir whose author went through something a bit different from Jim, but whose reactions were very similar. The memoir is called Bettyville, was published four years ago, and was written by George Hodgman, a well-respected book editor and writer, and a friend of a friend. It was very well-reviewed and was a big seller. George talks about returning from New York City to a small hometown in Missouri to take care of his aging and ailing mother and to confront the demons of growing up as an artistic, closeted gay youth in rural America in the 1970s who never uttered the phrase, I am gay, to his parents until he was 40. They did not directly address the subject again. George and his family were keepers of secrets. To preface what I'm going to read... George's mother has made him try out for the high school football team, and he is bullied and harassed by one member of the team during the first two days of practice. George never returns. On the football field, I thought I was going to cry, but I told myself that whatever came, whatever happened, I could not do that. Not there. I didn't. I swallowed my tears. I pulled them in, and they never came back. 
I cannot cry, not since that day, not ever. Where do the hidden things go? Not away, nothing goes away. I think something happened at that moment on the field. Something shut down, something went into hiding, split off. Although it did not become clear for years, I suspect from the minute I had that little break from myself, some part of me went inside and I began to watch myself, making certain to give nothing away. I don't think a coming together will happen to me in this lifetime. I am not sure I will ever again connect up the watcher and the other unfiltered part of me in the way other people do. There has been a rupture, and here in this house, on these days, when the sounds my mother makes seems especially loud, I feel it. See the cost of long-lasting silences. The coda to this story is that George battled various addictions for many years, and last month committed suicide. The loss to his friends and to the literary and publishing communities has been great. Talk to you soon. Oh, mm. gosh. Wow. Mm. God, to just say, I'm going to, right, I'm going to cut that part of, I'm going to control that part of myself. To, I'm going to control myself to such an extent that I'm not going to let any emotion show and then, and I am never going to. That is mm. amazing and terrifying. Because what does that do to you? What does that do to your, to your oh. brain? What does it do to your physical self and everything well, gosh exactly the the oh. pressure wrought uh, emotionally and psychologically is too much and that's the reason why you yeah. have to end his life you know you, 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 we all need that pressure cooker valve mm. to to uh to let off so that we can reveal truly how we are feeling but also to have other people to accept our true self and our mm. innermost emotions you know without it we just can't cope do you think jazza should have done what he did i think it's less about him doing doing that jazza is is the pressure cooker and well so is jim and so is Alistair. This is the reason why it's so fascinating, this. On coldly, in the cold light of day, a heinous crime is being committed. Mm-hmm. And we are taught as good members of society when a crime is being committed to report the crime. That's what we, that's what fundamentally what we're taught. But there are caveats to that, you know. Um, and there are so many caveats to this crime, not only just the fact, uh, and, one, and one of the large caveats to this is the fact that it happened, though it's never been explicitly said so long ago. So there was, Shula did say, the old man in the wheelchair. So there is mm. um, a, a tacit, you know, it's implied that. Is this even, God, I'm going to say moral thing to do, because this is the reason why this is such a fascinating case. At the end of the day, Jim has managed to cope with this to a fashion and, and to operate as a human being, uh, to bring up a family, to have a, to have a, a profession which he loves and adored, and, and also to have a wife. Jim has managed to cope to a fashion. What it's meant, the fallout for Jim is obviously that 
he hasn't been able to have the depth of emotional relationships uh, with people who are close to him. Um, mm. But he's managed to cope to a fashion. And he's quite clear that he doesn't want anybody else to know about this. So even though this terrible crime is being committed, Jim's needs, wants are paramount to justice in the classic sense being served on this paedophile. But if this had happened last year, 10 years ago, possibly even 20 years ago, I think because you wouldn't know exactly how the victim was going to cope with this for the rest of their life, but then also because the predator is going to be younger and probably still sexually active, Mm. you've got to then report it regardless. But when it's somebody who's 90 in a wheelchair, who you've got to presume can't be doing this now and... More importantly, the victim has led a life and has clearly said, no, I think then you don't report it. But it's absolutely fascinating. And you put your finger on it weeks ago and said, you know, Jazza has a different view of justice and it's like you go around and clock the person. Mm. And But he's given Jazza a life. He's sorry. Um a horrible man has given Mm. Jimus a life sentence, hasn't he? Yeah. He's justified, presumably he's justified whatever he's done as, as you know, pedophiles do to himself and has got on and it has had a a detrimental effect on Jim's emotional life, his marriage, his relationship with his children, their own relationships on from that. You know, he's not just hurt Jimus, he's hurt everybody around him. And, you know, regardless of him being in a wheelchair, regardless of him being old, and regardless of him not being physically able to do it anymore, he still deserves punishment. Or he deserves to be told, your version of the truth is not the truth. That is not, you know, this person was, this child was not, was not a willing participant, was not, this was abuse. This was not a relationship. Mm. This was not friendship. This was not whatever. Mm. I, I don't know what Shula was doing when she said the old man in the wheelchair. I, I liked the rest of that scene, but that bit really clanged for me because I thought, what's she saying? That, oh, well, if you're in a wheelchair, you know, it's but you know too what? late it now. It could have just been, it could have just actually She's just, just checking she's descriptor. talking about the right... Exactly, it could yeah. have actually been but that. But Jazza was uh, sensitive to that because immediately he said, don't start that, don't say that. Mm. You know. I think it's a fascinating uh, moral conundrum. Mm. It, it really is. Because if that person was 60, in, in the wheelchair, was 60 and younger, I... And this is not to absolve people who are old from committing a heinous, heinous crime. But it's also Jim. That's the thing. You know, as as members of society, we should report crimes uh, committed against us, um, not only because a crime is being committed, but also to prevent that crime being perpetrated on others, to let that victim yeah. get away with it 
and for them to think, well, the, my behaviour, uh, as abhorrent as it is, doesn't matter because I can just do this with impunity. Yeah. So if this person was 60 and younger, I would actually say, Jim, whatevs, I'm, I'm doing this. But there is, but I hate, I hate myself for this. But I, I just think it's such an amazing moral conundrum. The age, I think, does matter. It shouldn't, but I think it does matter. Really? But it shouldn't. I think it does lose because, and it's not just because this person cannot commit the crime, but that is an element of it. There's so many different facets to this. But as I said before, with my initial point, Jim has led a life. If this paedophile had done this yesterday, last year, 10 years ago, and the victim was 8, 18, you don't know how they're like... It's a horrible, it's a horrible thing, Luke. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. But Jim saying, I do not want to pursue this, for me tips the balance because of the and I don't and I use this word advisably the supposed impotence in terms of the venality and the criminality that that cripple paedophile can wreck wrought bring to anybody else I because of Jim saying no it's there's just so many elements to this and i'm putting the fundamentally two large elements together and i'm saying jim wins out if jim was 40 saying this i'd say no because the paedophile is only about 10 years older than jim isn't he so so i'd say no but when he's 19 in a wheelchair i would say jim if you don't want to pursue it but i i'm, I'm not comfortable but i suppose with this. you have <sighs> The person's trust has already been breached by the abuser mm. and him saying, I do not want to take this further and Jazza ignoring that and carrying on is another breach of trust, isn't it? Mm. So you're just compounding what's already happened, I suppose. But it, but it's the, the, you know, the, the far, 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 far lesser of, you know, yeah. of all evils. Because, yeah. as I said, my, one of my initial points is, as responsible citizens we should report crime when we see them with, with certain caveats. You know, if it's some 11-year-old kid who's doing some minor infraction, technically it's a crime and whatever, throw, throwing a stone through a window, you might take a view and go, well, I know that little Johnny has been through a tough time because they, their parents have separated and whatever, I'll have a word, as mm. opposed to running around to the cop shop. Yeah. You know, so there are so there are caveats, but but then you you know you look at what Susan's trying to do with Ed. Ed well, made a mistake, and she is trying to allow that mistake because it impacted it had an impact on her. I nearly said impacted like a verb. How could I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, it had a, a, an impact on somebody she, yeah, she cares but, but, about. But, 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 so but, she's now being incredibly. Uh, you know, vindictive, um, that's vindictive, and, yeah. and 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 but, but that, that that's different because it's Susan is being vindictive, full mm. stop. You know, this isn't I am a good citizen and this needs to be reported upon at all. This is just pure spite, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why the scene with Neil was so amazing. Yeah, and you listen to the voice acting that goes yeah. on between them yeah. pair. That's another league. That's Premier League stuff. Yeah. Premier League stuff. You felt Neil bristle. 
I know his voice suddenly went yeah. on like that, didn't it? Yeah. And he's and never he, done he, that, but I was like, woo Neil. Yeah, and I think, like, he pulled her back and Susan said, get your hands off me and whatever. And yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, oh, my yeah. God, loose. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. was the schnizzle. That's it what was. we listen to this 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 thing for. And yeah. um, Charlotte, who plays Susan, talks about how good her radio husband is. And yeah. he doesn't get the plaudits. We all love Neil. But, we do. But he, but he flies kind of under the radar. Yeah. It, you know, it's a bit like Robert Snell. Like, we all go, yeah, yeah love him, love him. But when yeah. you think favourite Who is actor, he? No idea. <laughs> yeah. We don't yeah. actually go, you know, put him up. It's always your Lillians and stuff that kind of yeah. get thrown up yeah. there. But this was other world stuff. Other yeah. world stuff. Great really acting, was. amazing delivery. Yeah. And that slap down was just, it was years upon years. To be fair to the character of Neil, he does frequently say, Susan, you know, yeah. you know, you know yeah. rein your horses. He does. Yeah. This hasn't, it hasn't been 40 years in the making. Like he's never said this before. And but I when... thought it was, hey, I thought on. it was interesting that when um, she was was banging on about Clary, she's got him sorted out. You won't believe it. He's got another job. She sorted it out, and he said something something um, sort of gentler about Clary. She said, "You know why I'm, you know why I'm so angry, and it's because Clary brought up the, the jail sentence, mm. and that's what that's Clary crossed a line. She crossed Susan's idea of Susan." And Clary shone the light on that and said, "You know that we, you know that everybody knows that's, you know, you, we know what you did. You you cannot hide that from us, and that's what she couldn't bear having that kind of mm. uh, made." But there is another public. Uh, there is another element which I thought to Susan just feeling so angry is because she feels impotent. And mm. so Neil, and she's jealous knew, as well because she desperately go. wants to exactly. to be involved with 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 Emma and know what's happening. And her sister, who she continually looks down upon, is yeah. seems to be getting it right, and Susan's getting Absolutely. it wrong, and she can't and, bear and, it. And also that, in her simplistic view of the whole situation, Cla- um, Ed's family have helped him. He's got a job. Yeah. Whereas she has not been able to help her daughter. Yeah. That yeah. bristled yeah. with her. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've helped, you know, yeah. you know, look what they've done. Yeah. And she can't, you know, so yeah. uh, it, was, it was just great. Utterly yeah. great. Utterly yeah. great. But, mm. All right. Uh, so, so that's that. Uh, now let's have a little bit. Oh, this is my new favorite listener. And I'll tell you the reason why after. Hi Lucy, Royfield and everyone in Dumpty Dum land. My name is Lydia Edwards. I'm how to read address on the Twitters and on Instagram, which is where I mostly hang out. I'm a Brit living in Perth, Australia for the last nearly eight years. I'm a first time caller in error, but I did send a Dumpty Dum with my daughter back in March and she was the one that exercised considerable lung power shouting dum at the end. <laughs> Uh, I'm a fashion historian, a lecturer and an author. So if you ever need any Archers related fashion history advice, I'm your girl. I'm not sure how <laughs> that will ever be relevant, but you never know. Tabards! I grew up to the strains of the Barrett Green thanks to my mum, though I'm now a big 
bigger fan than she is. And as Lucy has said, you know, the Archers is such a cosy world. You can escape to and not have to do anything about anyone there or anything that's going on. You just sit back and lose yourself in the narratives. And I appreciate having that in my life. The same is true with Dumpty Dum, which is a huge source of comfort and and joy to me. The first storyline I really remember um, was Ruth with Sam, but I started listening of my own volition in around 2004 to 5 around the time that Jack Woolley was getting increasingly unwell. So according to your timeline, that makes me a George Grundy, I think. I don't have time to add tons more, but I will say that I agree Joe's death will probably be the catalyst that brings Susan and Clary back together, possibly Ed and Emma. But before that happens, I suspect that Will and Emma might have a cheeky snog in the heat of the moment and then both regret it. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how all that plays out. It's certainly been really... Uh, compelling and quite upsetting listening over the last couple of weeks as they've lost the house. Okay, I'm running out of time, um, so I will say goodbye. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Bye. Oh, uh, she's gone. Yeah, she she has gone. Uh, but she's all over the Twitter. She's all over social media with her in a dumby dum t-shirt. I know. I saw her. Yeah, and uh, she did all the graphics on it as well. She whacked it on her Insta. She's looking wonderful. So uh, thank you for that, Lydia Edwards, and um, thanks for bigging us up um, all over the socials uh, by showing us your dum dum apparel. And, and I also think a history with a tabard, Lydia. That's what we, we, we need uh, some sort of um, uh, dissertation on with yeah. a tabard. Please, thank you. Yeah, right. Now, uh, from a new favourite of mine, to an old favourite of mine is Catherine Rowan-Jones. Good evening, Dumpty Dummers Worldwide. It's Catherine Rowan-Jones <laughs> calling in from High Wycombe at ATA Ivy Fox on the Twitters. There's been radio silence on my part for some time, partly because I haven't had a great deal, I feel, contributes to the discussion, and also because I've been fighting with my fucking browsers to be allowed to use my hand-bleeding <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Life in it. So... It's been a particularly well-written week, I think, this week in Ambridge. Ah, um, Nick Warburton's yes. got quite a rep yes. for radio drama, and he specialises in religious radio drama. So I guess he's the go-to guy when they're moving um, St. Shula, um, the vicar-to-be uh, storyline forward. Um, Jazza is demonstrating, um, sorry, the actor who plays Jazza is demonstrating his emotional capability. Um, Mm -hmm. Poor little bugger was in tears with St. Shula because he's so worried about his mate Jim. So, yeah, that's moving along nicely. Um, And, oh, Friday night. That was just perfect. That roar from Neil Carter, that's been building up for decades. It came right (laughs) up from his toes all the way out, calling his wife out for what she really is, a gossip. And she does need to take a good hard look at herself. As a bystander, we can enjoy Susan's gossiping, but it's gradually built up and up and up until now she's a control freak who has to know the ins and outs of a mouse's fucking arsehole. So, love you all. Thank you for everything you do. Um, hope to catch up with you soon. And mind the shies. Hurrah, Jones out. Hey, Bye. well done, Jones. Can I just um, talk about Nick Warburton for a minute? Go on. Because he is one of my heroes. He is one of my writing heroes. He is 
amazing. And he wrote, and I've banged on about this before, he wrote a fantastic series called On Mardle Fen, which features as the lead character, the actor that plays Jimus. And um, it's the, the two, Nick Warburton's writing suits the actor that plays Jimus so beautifully. Um, it's just a wonderful series. And if you want to to make yourself happy, it's it's magic, it's funny, and it's dramatic, and it's a little bit creepy. And I think Yokel Bear in particular would really like it. I think you can get it as a as a download as an audio book, but uh, just on the on BBC Sounds if it's bloody working. Then it, but just get it. It's called On Mardle Fen. It's absolutely wonderful. Mm. The end. All right. Well, uh, that's recommendation indeed, folks. Uh, from me, you get uh, what Marvel film you should go and watch. Uh, but from <laughs> Lucy, you get Nick Warburton, a man who has won the Tinniswood Award and the Stanford St. Martin Trust Radio Premier Award, somebody who is um, utterly renowned for doing great BBC Radio 4 afternoon plays and even has done a little bit of work on Holby City. But, um, yeah, I'm Martin Fenn. Um, is definitely uh, one of his standout uh, accomplishments to do with his work. So, yeah. Um, so that's that. That's Catherine Rowan-Jones. That's Lucy banging on about uh, <laughs> Nick Warburton. And now I believe this person is Singer. Hi, Singer from Canberra in Australia. Yokel Bear has read out a few of my posts on social media, so I thought the obvious next step was to become a caller in around. Mm. Uh, my Archer's Vintage is Natasha. I started listening seriously around the start of the year. My first storyline was Home Farm Being Stalled. Um, my friend Nick has been working on me for about five years to get me into the Archers. He tried really hard. On my yearly visits to the UK, we'd listen to the Omnibus on Sunday mornings. He tried to explain what was going on. Finally, he lent me a dictionary, which really helped. And I'm enjoying it so much, I got my twin sister, Anitra, into it as well. And now we have a little text group to talk about the episodes. Does anyone else do that with their friends or family? Yes. Um, we love gossiping about the village and judging everyone, of course. So I guess I'm here, so I should do some plot predictions. I think Jealousy will get Ed and Emma back together again. I think thinking Emma and Will are going to get back together will make Ed realise what he really wants. Of course, it's the Archers, so there'll be some sort of mix-up that will delay the reunion. Probably Ed will think Emma and Will are really together when they aren't or something like that. We're also wondering, why haven't we heard from Tom and Natasha? Maybe they're in Cuba racking up a huge credit card debt. Love the show. Of course, my 17-year-old thinks the only thing sadder than listening to The Archers is listening to a show about The Archers. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I became a Patreon because I love what you do so much. So keep up the good work. Bye. Bye. All 17-year-olds are wrong about everything. Don't listen to them. Mm, What about Greta Thornburg? No, all right, she, apart from her, all the others. But that's why everyone notices her, because she's the only one that's not wrong about everything. All right. Uh, Do you know what? Have... My, my daughter, sorry, my uh-huh. daughter's just started her first job today, mm-hmm. and um, she's a lifeguard Ooh. at a local leisure centre. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came home and said, um, uh, being my daughter, she didn't tell me anything sensible about what had happened. She just told me all the funny stories. And she said... Um, I know all the alarm messages. She said it's Mr. <laughs> we have to say Mr. Waters to reception if there's something wrong in the pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to say, uh, um, oh, what is it? Mr. Waters. Uh, 
smoke something if it's if it's something to do if there's a the fire alarm going off and whatever else and then um i said uh and then she said and then someone pooed in the pool and what? i said Ugh! i said someone pooed in the pool a kid pooed in the swimming pool and i said what's the what's the alarm call for that she said i just rang george and said george someone shat in the pool <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pooh to reception, please, <laughs> Mr. Pooh. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of a dumby dum news flash. Um, we should have an obit se- uh, section. Uh, message from Auntie Jean. I'm afraid, dumby dum, dumby dogs are down are down by one tonight. My little bee has passed away. There's a oh. lovely photograph of bee. Um, looks like she's kind of on the bed there somewhere, kind of looking. Uh, thoughtfully into the distance, and obviously oh. she, she's passed away. So, oh, I'm sorry, so Auntie Jean. sorry to hear that, Auntie Jean. Oh. Uh, but uh, and she's getting lots of support on on the Twitters um, as we speak. So that's hot off the press, folks. So give her lots of love on the Flick app or oh. on on the Twitters. Utter kind of foundational member of our communities, Auntie Jean. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, one thing that I've realised in the last... It's really hit me in the last month, Lucy. What? That actually, I'm going to get a dog. Are and you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to be properly situated in my own place. Yes. Because uh, where yes. I am at the moment is um, I've got a room in a house over here. Um, so when I'm probably situated, I will. And then also when I sort out, uh, when I get my visa, so I don't have to um, leave leave the states, which hopefully should come through in a couple of months. So by the end of the year, um, I'm going to get myself a pooch. So I will need um, tips, hints, and tips from you and other dumb dumbers as to what type of pooch I should get, uh, so we can be great pals and muckers and go on adventures. And it'll help trim my belly as well because that's got out out of all proportion, Lucy. I've become a tubber lump again, and it's just not good. Not that's good. the name of your dog, tubber lump. That actually, what a great name! Yeah, I think if it's a, if it's a boy dog, you should call it Derek Fletcher, and if it's a girl dog, you should call it <laughs> um, uh, Sabrina Thwaite. It's got to have a I surname d- as well. Mm, I, I met know. two spaniels the other day called. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Springer and Joe Cocker. That's clever. Good, isn't it? Good heavens. Sometimes people are so clever. Right. <laughs> uh, let's just hold the dog talk for now because we've got Sorry. a load of calls. And now it's Jojo, and I believe she has a pair of sexy heels. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Just had to call in Tracy Horribin this week. Magnificent. Just love her. I'm sure lots of others have called in to say the same thing. And I did put a prediction, plot prediction, on to the Twitters yesterday. I predict that the leading female part in the Christmas production by IndieBots will, of course, be played by Tracy because by then these two strong, fiercely loyal women will be best of buddies in the same way that it was an unlikely friendship between Jazza and Jim. 
second thing I just wanted to comment on was as soon as David said that he loved Dr. Feelgood, I thought, oh, my God, David Archer, I just love you just that little bit more. Really and truly, <laughs> what better song to typify the Archers than Milk and Alcohol? Sorry, guys, can't go through the lyrics, but Milk and Alcohol is what the Archers is all about. Anyway, <laughs> got to go. I've got to go and get in the pool. It's too hot here in sunny Spain. Bye for Ooh, now. Nice. Just thinking about how nice it would be to be in Spain because I'm currently wearing a long sleeve top and a sweatshirt because it's bloody freezing. But anyway, but Lucy, it's August, mm. so it's the British summertime. How is that even yes, possible? Which is, which is why I'm wearing a long sleeve top <laughs> and a hoodie. I must admit that that milk and alcohol is just one of those songs which just reminds me of being in junior school and Peter Willis just like being unruly and kind of headbutting people. It's one of those kind of like aggressive kind of like boys songs. Lots of stomping used to go around when that came on. I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh, come on. You know it. Got in all milk and alcohol. That one. Nope. Never heard of it. So I think they're one-hit wonders. So there's this big hit from 1979, that Guardian Old Milk and Alcohol. And then it's uh, an album by Motley Crue. So it's actually not the easiest thing on the planet to go and Google. But I knew the song that she was talking about, but I didn't know they were actually called Dr. Feelgood. But anyway, uh, the world was, was black and white with shades of brown back then because it's 1979. And Thatch had just come into power. So it was the end of civilization as we know it. Moving swiftly <laughs> on, no politics here. <laughs> it's Welsh Witch. Hi, Dempty Dam. It's Welsh Witch here. Um, just wanted to say after Friday's episode, go Neil, go Neil, go Neil. <laughs> there, that's it. Hope everybody's well. Bye. Oh, that was short I think and a sweet. lot of people felt. When uh, when Catherine said, you know, that it came up out of his toes, it really did. It was I've only heard him do that very, very few times. Mostly, the most you get from Neil is a sort of a well, you know, Neil's famous groaning <laughs> noise, and that's about <laughs> it. Um, but to hear him be that kind of um, uh, just determined and physical and um, absolutely certain that she was about to do the wrong thing something she would regret something he would regret you know it was it was really really powerful and I think you know a lot of us when we've heard Neil um 
uh, in the past where Susan said, why don't you do something, Neil? And he goes, oh, and we all, or she's rude to him or horrible. And we all sort of think, oh, Neil, for God's sake, stand up for yourself. So when he does, it's really shocking and really sort of uh, quite thrilling, really. Mm. True that, Luce. True that. Um, just before I forget, now, last week's show... Um, was uh went beyond the pale for for some listeners there was uh the patriarchy uh had come and landed in the middle of the dumdy dum podcast and was thrown its weight around and was being all sexist and horrible all right now oh you in the topless calendar you mean well yeah right but let's i have to say hang on a minute guys i have to say um there's no way that if I really thought that A, it was likely to happen in the slightest, <laughs> or B, that that Royfield would, you know, hold me to it, or it was anything other than a total joke, then I wouldn't have done it. And I have, I, I wouldn't have gone along with it and laughed and whatever else. And uh, we do both have, uh, yeah. although we, we tease each other, we do have massive respect for each other and we don't kind of, we yeah, wouldn't tease each other past a point of whatever. Lucy, Lucy. What? The whole point was we need to get to the top of the uh, iTunes uh, podcast charts for TV yeah. and media. Okay. We, zo- we zoomed well, yeah, up. No, we should still do loose, that. Loose, loose. What? We, we zoomed up to number 13. <laughs> really? Yes. Now, no we've way. Fallen, we've fallen back a little now. Okay. Right? Where but, are we now? 152. We're on to something, Lucy. We're okay. on to something. <laughs> okay. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies and, and, and the gay gentlemen of the Twitters, of the Dumpty Dums, uh, should we get into number one? Uh, Royfield will do a nude I will. calendar. Yes. I will. Bottomless, topless, hairless, backless, everything else. But Lucy, we're a team. Yeah. We, we, jo- we joined at the hip, so to speak. So, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just, I just realised. <laughs> oh dear, run around there, bush. <laughs> but you know, we, we are a team, and on on the Twitters, because it was Witherspoon that had to remind uh, people on social media that actually this is an old idea, um, off the back of. The, the, calendar the, girls thing. the calendar girls yeah which yeah. was done about three years ago that actually we said we were going to do this and for whatever reason oh i know it was because um paul truman did because oh, we were going to raise money and then paul truman came along with his fantastic effort and then we, we just kind of kind of fell by the wayside because it felt like we were just like latching on even though we kind of had the idea before he did his kind of great fundraising effort for um, you know, coercive control and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. So Witherspoon is there on the Twitter saying, actually, this is an old idea and I was totally up for it and et cetera, et cetera. So, folks, I'm just saying a whole load of reviews came in, have come in since last Thursday. We, for, the, for the, that week's episode, we it yeah. zoomed up as high as number 13 in the UK's <laughs> TV and media download chart. So, Flaming, Nora. If we keep doing this, if you keep doing this, i.e. writing reviews, right, <laughs> you might get more than you bargained for. 
<laughs> You'll for, really, for really wish you hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, and talking cool. about getting more than you bargained for, uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention the Dum de Dum Awards and live shows will happen on November the 9th in Birmingham, my hometown. Um, you've got to go into dumdedum.com. Uh, go click on the first thing that you see top left on the homepage, and it will take you through uh, to the council's or to council the town hall's website in Brum, and you can go book your tickets. Or you can just bypass all that by typing in these words: Dum de Dum Awards Birmingham, November the 9th, into any browser that you care to have on your electronic device, and it will take you through to the council's website. Go book your tickets. Now, uh, I ha- I've had a, a couple of interesting conversations with people. People saying, Oi, dude, what is going on? Uh, what else is going on that weekend? Now, um, when I did this last year, I did a whole load of events. Um, you, know, you could go, you go along to the BBC studios and have an archer's tour. There was a canal side walk. There was a meal. There was all manner of things. I ain't doing all that this time. Quite simply, because I'm a, I'm more busier than a busy person right here and now. However, 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 um, the studio tour, I would have done that because quite simply, I just got to coordinate that with the BBC. But they're, they've got no spaces. There's no spaces for, for whether it's an Archer's tour or a BBC studio tour. So that's the reason why there isn't that. However, if enough people email me, I will do this. I'll book us somewhere to have something to eat because I know some people are going to be traveling from around the UK and actually will be booking Airbnbs. So we'll book us somewhere to eat. And then if there's enough people um, that, you know, apply the pressure, uh, we'll all go off somewhere and maybe shake a leg afterwards, of which somebody came up with a great suggestion on the Flick app of, well, why don't we like go out? I believe the expression they used, Lucy, was boogieing, but go out boogieing down to uh, the gay village in Birmingham, just like um, Adam and uh, and his better half. So that would be a very archer's way to end the night. So if you want some afters, some extras after Dum De Dum, live in Brum, um, tweet me, email me, and I might reluctantly with a bit of a wry grin, uh, organise some afters. So that's that. So November the 9th, want to see you there. It'll be it'll be us, and at the moment, Susie Rids, but we're hoping that one or two other, Susie Rids plays our Tracy Horrifin, one or two other um, Archers, uh, actors, alumni will also be there. And actually, you know who's going to be helping us hand out, hand out the awards, Lucy? Um, no, Angela Barnes. Angela Barnes. Yeah. It's her birthday. Angela Barnes and Tracy Horribin. So we're interviewing uh, Susie Rids as part of the show, but then Tracy Horribin will actually be there to hand out awards, which I just hey. think what, what a massive coup. The woman of yeah. the moment in yeah. Ambridge. Right. So we've done well switch. Now it's time for Library Lass. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Library Lass, and I'm a first-time caller in error. I work in a library, appropriately, and I've been listening to The Archers since the death of Mark Hebden. I've got a plot prediction. Emma receives a text from George asking her to meet him at the pole barn. 
And there she finds he's got Bartleby in the trap, loaded up with all the stuff he's stolen over the years. So they go into town and he gets Emma to go to the pawn shop with the jewellery, laptops and church silver and get cash for that. And then they drive on to the building society to deposit the full cost of the house, which, of course, (laughs) Emma happily moves into. And this just proves that George is his father's son, as this will prevent his mum and uncle slash stepdad Ed ever getting together again. Oh. <laughs> what the hell has happened to... Because mm. we all know that Georgie is a wrong and, mm. you know, he nicked that money and blamed Alf and all that, or Alf took the mm. blame. Mm. But that, has that storyline died? Are we ever coming back to it or what? No, it's just it's, it's a recurring thing, isn't it? That we know that he's going to grow up to be some miscreant. That he's going to be. George will come into his. How old is George supposed to be? About 13? Something like that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So we're maybe about a year away, possibly two, from hearing him being voiced by an actor. Uh, Okay, right. Aren't we? Then we're just going to go, oh, God, no. And the way things are going, there'll be a Geordie, judging by the accents already (laughs) in that family. (laughs) Didn't it? What did he do with. Didn't he do something with um, an animal? Something unspeakable? Am I getting this? I think that was a dream, Royfield. I don't remember George doing anything unspeakable Mm, to an animal. That'd that'd be a nightmare. But he did, there was something about the church and George about four years ago. There's somebody out there going, you misconstrued this, Mr. Brown, but actually what you mean is this, when he did blip. Because everybody was saying that he was Damien. There was something kind of He pinched the church back. roof fund. No, it's not just theft. It was something which is like, you're a bit twisted, mate. Really? Which he did. Golly, I don't remember that. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, Cosmo, come on, uh, put me right. Uh, that's Welsh Witch Library Lass. Now, um, here we have, I think I believe this person is also a first-time caller in a row. Hello, Royfield and Lucy. It's M.A. here in beautiful Owenstown, Ontario. I'm a first-time caller in so here are my stats. I started listening in late 2017 or early 2018, so I think I'm either a Johnny, he was a noob in the first back episodes I listened to, or I'm a Rosie Archer, who was the first to appear after I started listening. Ah. The first storyline that I can recall was that of Johnny arriving at Brookfield and trying to find a place with his estranged family. So, what made me feel the need to overcome my nerves and call in? Shula. (laughs) I just feel that the whole Shula becoming a vicar thing is amazing. Just imagine, all it's taken to reverse her realization that she shouldn't do it was a bit of listening and nudging she did with Jim and Alistair. As others have said before, it was just normal niceness. And never mind that, though she was well-intentioned, she could have done loads better. By, say, not being such a nosy Parker about it all, it's totally possible to be a rock of support for someone without pumping them for information that they don't want to share. Mm. But on top of all of that, the job of vicar requires someone who is very skilled at de-escalating community rifts and building bridges between people with diverse views. How could she not realize that her miserable failure at bringing people together on the art project committee is a pretty good indication that she's just not cut out for the job? Even I could have done better than she did, and I don't think of myself as vicar material. Okay, I'm an atheist, but you get what I mean. 
Anyhow, thank you two so much for the podcast. I eat it up every week and feel a bit sad when it's over. Bye for now. Hmm. You're not supposed to eat podcasts. You're supposed to listen to them. But I, 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 I get you. I get you, Mrs. I, I think you've been harsh on old Shula. And... Yeah, I thought she did pretty well, actually. Mm. And, and it's difficult to give. It's difficult to give advice without. No, well, no, she shouldn't have been giving advice. I suppose that's the point. But it's difficult to form an opinion when you feel like you don't know what's been going on, even though she's been told that she shouldn't know what's going on. And to be honest, that art project with those characters, who <laughs> Kofi Annan couldn't have, couldn't have got them all on the same page. So, you know, I don't think Shula stood much chance, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I, I think you're being harsh. And I'm not saying uh, it's not a kind of biblical uh, metaphor to say that I think we've seen the resurrection of the character of, of, of Saint Shula. But um, I, I, I'm liking this and I, and I like the, the change of gears that the archers can kind of go through. So we can have um, Jazza crying. Um, we can have Shula contemplating her spirituality with uh, with the bish uh we can have tracy horribin being tracy horribin all within the same episode like this is just like genius so but yeah uh, i think you've been harsh on old shoulder but thank you for being a first time caller in and also thank you for going through the gears you went through the gears yes uh, you know expertly like like you yep. weren't a first time caller in her, which is a bit of a silly yep. thing to say because only first time caller in go through all the gears. But you know what I mean. Like you were confident, you were clear. We know all about you. Well done, even if we don't agree with what you said. So uh, now it's B twelve <laughs> Simon. Oh, Lucy and Royfield. This is B twelve Simon calling from the heart of the Midlands. Just caught up on Thursday's episode, and uh, as we've been talking about chemistry between various characters. What a brilliant scene that just was, uh, Jakob and Kate having dinner together. They're two characters I don't really get on with. That's putting it a little mildly. Kate gets right on my tits. But that was a great scene, and uh, I hope we get together, and I hope there's many, many more. Beautifully written, superbly acted. Well, thanks very much for the podcast. Hopefully I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye-bye now. Well done there, Mr. Borsal Heath. Um, I, I, I love Kate. I, I, she, does, she doesn't get on my tits. I love her. I think she's extremely well-observed as a character. She's a, a comic character par non. Uh, like, she's just brilliant. Um, and on the odd occasion, she does show a little bit of growth. You know, Nolatando. Remember, remember that? You yeah. know, that yeah. actually... She she wasn't just this two dimensional character which things just bounced up all the time, uh, and we thought we were going to get this new reflective Kate because of what had happened to Nolatando, uh, and we did at least for a bit. So she is capable yeah, of growth. About ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was ten minutes, uh, and <laughs> and I like the fact that she's a, a bit of a man eater. I, I I love Kate. I love her. I love her. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want her to be a member of my family, but like, yeah, but if I'm listening to my favourite docudrama, bring on the Kates, I say. I just can't imagine how, as a couple, they're going to get from where they are now to to the shagging. But, I mean, that we'll just have to wait and see, and that's, and that's all about the development. But it's... There are, the chemistry is weird. It's, it, there's chemistry, but it's weird at the moment. I'm not sure how mm. that's going to work, but we'll see. So we have two somewhat outlandish characters 
uh, Yakult and Kate. And there is more going on there than there is with Kirsty and Philip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Much yeah. more. But as we said yeah. last week, you know, Kirsty settled. Because huh. she was uh, hurt. To, to be fair, to be fair. You said that she'd settled. Oh, sorry. I, yes. I didn't. I, I didn't really comment. <laughs> I don't have feelings on the matter because I, I care for them as a couple, not a jot. Right. So it's like water on a duck's back. However, uh, just to prove that we are a team and we are inseparable. Yes, that's what we said, Lucy. <laughs> that was our official line. Now, it's another one of my favourite callers. I've got a lot this week, I tell you. But oh, this this one's special to my heart, and I believe she's in Candy right now. Hi, everybody. It's Vicky Cole here calling from Candy in the middle of Sri Lanka. Um, It's a bit noisy with buses outside, so hopefully that won't be too distracting. Um, Just finally caught up with the archers and with Dumpty Dum. Royfield, I hope you're feeling a little bit happier this week. Lucy, I completely agree with you about hairdressers and masseuses being quiet. Um, The archers are all very draining at the moment, isn't it? I mean, it's brilliantly written, brilliantly acted, but it is just such sad listening um, obviously thinking of Jim and Jazza, um, Ed and Emma, and I'm finding the arguing between Kat, Clary and Susan very upsetting to listen to. Um, people have predicted that what will bring them back together is the demise of Joe, but that's also going to be really sad. Um, so, oh dear. I, I've got some sort of slightly self-absorbed, self-centred plot predictions because it's how I think it's <laughs> going to make me feel what's coming up. I think I'm going to feel really, really cross and grumpy with all this conservation trust nonsense. Kate and Jacob, if that's continued as a storyline. Um, Sheila's autobiography. I just think it's going to be no fun at all. Um, I can't envisage a situation where I would stop listening to the archers, but I can begin to understand why people do. Um, I just would like a bit more ordinariness and some mm. happiness you know we're not hearing about anybody being very happy at the moment are we um but go neil i mean he was <laughs> awesome so that was good that was good anyway lots of love to everyone bye bye it's funny vicky that you go on and say there's no happiness but when when a husband shouts at his wife until you get a grip you're like <laughs> go like, neil <laughs> That was awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I know what you mean. There's there's humour in, you know, Tracy and Linda is going to be an absolute riot. Uh, this quiz thing, I my heart is sinking in preparation for that already. Um, you know, there's a few things on the horizon that might be sort of amusing, but nobody is really having a nice life because even though, like, Krusty's moved into her new house, we don't really believe that she's genuinely all that happy um so yeah there isn't uh yeah there's 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 not much kind of um you know jollity and folder roll going on is there really mm. Mm. do you know candy used to be the capital of sri lanka no yeah just saying mm. I, I i could go into map corner territory now but i won't i'm gonna pull myself back loose and remember okay. that I'm on a podcast. Pull out, Royfield. Pull out. Yes. <laughs> you always leave a little something behind him when you pull out, don't you? But oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, but now it's, it's that time where um, people go, oh, I don't ever get adverts. And then some people say, well, they do. But it's that time where we uh, break. I've already had my toilet break, actually. And unfortunately, I left the doors open. Uh, and I so heard Lucy, it. Lucy heard my tinkle. Uh, but mm. so, um, but maybe it's time for you uh, to um, listen to Royfield's tinkle. No, 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 no. Oh, tap your partner if you're in bed. Tap your partner on the shoulder, right, whilst you listen to an advert, and just say, whisper into the ear, "I love you." It's that time, folks. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Good day, everyone. Well, during the week, we had a really interesting and robust discussion about Jazza. Uh, we thought that what he did was about his needs and not about the needs of his pal. And we wondered if Jim would recover from this and also whether their friendship would survive. Jed Robinson said, yes, I do think that this is about Jazza's needs. However, and I say this with both having li- lived the experience of surviving abuse and as an explanation and not a defence of our Scottish friend's behaviour. I still think that Jazza may be a survivor of abuse also and it would explain a lot of his reaction to the current situation and also his limited interaction with any friends or family from home. Unfortunately, transference is a common psychological phenomenon, particularly amongst people who have experienced trauma. Ruth Pellegrin said the way that Jazza had got so emotional in Friday's episode made her think that too. Uh, Pete Ranson said Jazza is always about his own needs. He's so self-centred it drives me nuts, particularly as everyone else seems to think he's the sort of the earth and he can do no wrong. He's not. He's this horrid little man who uses friendship as a cover for his own lack of self-esteem. Not a fan. Never have been. Never will be. Mind you, I did like his suit of Fallon's wedding. <laughs> and then Alex Russell wrote, agreed, I sympathise with Jazza's struggle to handle this knowledge, but this is not his story to tell, and mm. he is taking away Jim's control. He is pursuing this to try to handle his own feelings of anger rather than to help Jim or protect others. Speaking as someone who reported historical abuse and went through a five-year investigation into the school and a trial process, the idea that someone would use my trauma to take action on my behalf without my knowledge 
is unimaginable and unforgivable, however pure the intentions. It is a huge decision with far-reaching emotional repercussions, and as such, it is the victim's choice to make no matter what anyone else feels about it. Alex, thank you so much for your honesty, and I'm going to let you have the last word on that subject because I just think you wrote that so well. Mm. Uh, just letting you know, we have 2,450 friends to play with on Facebook at the moment. So if another 50 people would like to join us, I would be able to say that we have 2,500. So um, if you'd like to join us, well, you know where we are. Uh, we also discussed the Shed Ed party and wondered whether it was a farewell or was it Tracy's clever device to get Emma to reconsider things. Stephen Bowden said, I think we're supposed to believe that Emma has suddenly realised that her pursuit of material things and social advancement, inherited from her ghastly mother, wasn't actually what she wanted and that really she'd be happy with Ed, even if they had to move into one of Tom's abandoned pig arcs. I'm not sure that's credible, <laughs> although it would count as a win for Clary over Susan, which would be nice. Janae Mitchell said, I think it was Tracy's clever device to help Emma really feel her emotions and also to reconsider. Jean Bell said, if it showed her that he and the children were enough for her, it might be that Tracy was very clever. And <laughs> Jed Robinson said, I'm just concerned about what she's got in mind for the Shed M party. <laughs> now, we ended the week discussing a magnificent Neil. Um, and he was magnificent. But we wondered, will Susan take stock of what he says or will this actually land up causing problems between them? Jane Wilson said, I hope Emma was listening and takes heed. Susan gets worse by the minute. The only time recently her human side has won out is when Will called Clary to say Poppy was in A and E. And Anne Stokes says, we know now from whom Emma gets her desperations and anxieties to be socially upwardly mobile. Um, Amy Stoley said reading everyone's comments about Neil I couldn't quite understand why everyone was so impressed and then I realised that I hadn't finished listening to yesterday's episode I went back and finished it and thank goodness I did because that was amazing thank mm -hmm. you Neil you've made us all very happy and we can't wait to hear Susan's reaction on Sunday Jane Mitchell was standing up and cheering for Neil he finally found his voice as for him and Susan I really don't know hopefully they'll have a chilly night real soon sue scott enjoyed it so much she listened to it four times <laughs> and Teresa de billet said two fridays in a row i found myself shouting oh susan you got burned <laughs> magnificent episode and again i think i'm going to let you have the last word on that because that's an excellent way to end because we know that sometimes susan does need to be told uh, we also have uh, a little poll going to see whether uh, we agree with Lucy. When you go get a massage therapist, do you prefer someone to be quiet or do you agree with Royfield and prefer a chatty oi, Kate? Oi, oi. I don't think uh, Royfield is saying that everybody wants that. However, uh, the general consensus would appear to be 93% uh, say that we would like our Nine. therapist just to be quiet, please. And on that note, I shall love you and leave you. We did get... Um, a lovely photograph of someone wearing one of our Dumpty Dum uh, T-shirts. So a shout out to Lydia Edwards. And we'd love some more. All pictures always brighten up our page. So please jump in. We'd like to hear from you. So just you can uh, send them straight to us and we'll post them up for you. Um, and other than that, uh, I'll leave you in the very capable hands of Yogle Bear. And I will talk to you in a fortnight. So hooroo.
Uh, Luce. Thank you. Um, yes. Sometimes I wonder if our wonderful listeners in Dum Dum Land are actually listening to the same podcast that, that, that we produce. <laughs> you because you didn't say, did you? No, not at all. Right. And the amount of people all over Twitter and Facebook saying, I yes, agree with Lucy, no, no. not uniform. I'm like, I didn't say that at all. All I was saying is that um, different types of massage re- um, sometimes require some level of feedback and or relaxation, of which the relaxation in, in part for some people can be that they talk. But like when for about the 50th time I got people said, Royfield, I completely disagree with you and whatever. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. I had to go on to our Facebook group. It's something which I hardly ever do. And so point in the between that with and boob gate, you were a bit... Exactly. <laughs> it was a tough week, oh wasn't it, really? God, it was. <laughs> and I had to say point of order. I didn't at all uh-huh. endorse... Uh, you know, people chatting with the, with their therapists. I just said that some people do it. That's all. Anyway, it wouldn't be the first time I've been accused of something which I didn't do, Lucy. Just saying. Now, um, how's about I calm down, and as part of my way of calming down, you give us some mirror headlines. Okay, just one this week. Lotto winner denied four million pound scratch card payout throws hot cauliflower cheese at Carvery Boss. <laughs> integral to that story they're not even in the, the weird news they're not even in the weird news section they're in this normal news anyway <sighs> hot cauliflower right. cheese <laughs> alright hit us with some tweets missus uh, Lucy Saunders PR why do you want to be ordained well I'm a saint already so it looked like a natural move uh, Matt Underwood I know I've said this before, but why has Clary never punched Susan? Uh, Henry Jenkins, <laughs> Esquire. Tracy Horobin on reception. Did you want a room for the whole night or is this just an afternoon bunk up? Um, hey. Be- Becky uh, Archer's Oatcake. What would the title of Shuna's autobiography be? Me, myself and I. Very good. And tweet of the week <laughs> is Kerry Warbis. I can hear Neil's testicles growing. It's a low creaking sound like the <laughs> ship in Master and Commander. <laughs> that is good. That is very good. Well done, Miss Forbis. Well done indeed. Uh, folks, um, it's time we start to round things up. Uh, but remember, before I go on any further, um, write us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts because um, it helps us. It really does help us. Not it's going to help charity and, you know, you get to see my arse or Lucy's assets or anything like that or either Witherspoon's biceps or anything like that. But just go write a review. You know, if you like what we do, just write us a review. Go on to Apple Podcasts, write us that review. And in a few weeks' time, when we've got um, a certain amount of new fresh ones, uh, we'll do a roll call of people that have gone on to that platform and written us a review. So do that. And, and whilst you're on the interweb, why don't you go on to dumbydum.com, go book your tickets for the 9th of November. It's not only a live show, but also an award ceremony, folks. Oh, and thank you to the people on Flick, who on the on the, on the Flick app, and I will, I keep saying I'm going to put the link for this in the show notes, and I keep on forgetting, but there will be in this week's show notes. Uh, so, Thank you for those people who have started 
a thread, which is um, what the award categories should actually be. Um, I don't know. Do you have a number of awards that we should give out, Lucy, a number of categories? Eight. All right. Eight it is. I like that. It's said with such authority. Uh, so it's eight because Lucy said so. Uh, so we need eight <laughs> categories. Uh, so go on to the Flick app and uh, put your considerable brain power collective brain power to coming up with eight categories so we can hand out mugs uh, to the various uh, maybe dum-de-dum listeners or archers actors that have won them and that'd be cool and as i said tracy horobin will be there to hand out uh, the mugs so it's dum-de-dum live on november the 9th uh, and uh, don't forget it's angela barnes's birthday as well um so that's what you can do on dumdydum.com also you can go there because also got a shop and it's really nice when i says oh people haven't been, really been buying stuff we had a little uptick uh, in sales so that was uh greatly appreciated um, another way of supporting our podcast is going you can go on to patreon.com um for approximately two us dollars per episode uh you support the show and then it means you get the extras you know, you Not get like the grubby extras. extras. Exactly. Like Hence, extras. I said grubby is the grubby uh... extras that you get. You know. And um, and this month, you will get an interview with Charles Collingwood, who plays our Brian Aldridge. Next month, fingers crossed, you should get an interview with our Lucy and uh, the actor that plays Ed Grundy. So, Barry Fallon. Yeah, I couldn't remember his surname. It's the reason why I said the actor that plays. But thank you for rescuing me, Lucy. Uh, so that, there is reason, if you needed any extra reason, uh, to support this show financially. Now, Lucy, is there anything in red? There is. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can ring 0203 031 3105 to leave us a message. Mm. Um, and of course, um, on social media, specifically Twitter, you can find us where we where we are at Dum De Dum, and that is kind of Yokel Bear in disguise, really. Uh, and of course, uh, you can follow Yokel Bear, which I highly advise you to do if you're on Twitter. Uh, I can be found at Royfield, and Lucy can be found at Lucy V Freeman. And of course, Facebook is where you get the social media roundup from which is what our Millie Bell, the wonderful, cuddly uh, Millie Bell does alongside with a spoon and Yoko Bear. And that's on Facebook. So just type in WW and you will get there. Now, uh, Lucy, loads yes. of feedback last week about West Midland Safari Park. Um, <laughs> people having, drifting off whilst listening to Dum De Dum and then having nightmares about being eaten by lions. Um, People saying, I love this podcast. There was a review that said, I love this podcast because you get Archer's chat and then you get chat about the Lion King, um, Makuna Makata or whatever the heck that song's called, you know, right at the end. Makuna Matata. I don't know what the hell it's called. Is it Makuna Hakuna? You're not even sure yourself. No. You know. You're not sure yourself, but you know what I mean. Please anyway, don't feed the zebras. Move on to the next giraffe. Thank you. Well done, you. Well <laughs> done, you. So it's that point of the show where <sighs> I ask you if you've got anything uh, you want to talk about, Lucy. I haven't this week. Only only about um, the pooing in the pool, but I've already done that. Mm. I've already told you about that, really. Yeah. Yes, can't think of anything. Mm. 
Yeah. And remember, folks, I need some dog advice. I'm not going to get one just yet. Maybe at the end of the year. I need, I need my visa status in the States needs to be properly, properly all sorted. So I get my new visa and then um, I'll treat myself to, to a little pal. So we can have adventures. Um, And on that note, I think we should draw the curtains on this podcast episode of Dum De Dum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 